This is the captain of the Minerva speaking, Talia Gladys. Archangel, do you read me? What? Huh? Captain, it's from the Minerva. Huh? Our orders are clear. Headquarters has assigned our ship the task of destroying the Archangel. Huh? However, if your ship and its mobile suit now cease all combat operations and surrender, we will likewise halt our attack. What in blazes? Our orders are to destroy it. That Gladys, what is she up to? Captain? This is your only warning. We will not respond to any further proposals. I guarantee the safety of your crew. I trust you will make the wise decision. Gladys out. <laughs> And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. My We're... name is Zach. We're watching episode 34 this week, Nightmare. <laughs> That's my third favorite Soul Calibur character. We're the first two. Souls. Uh, isn't it Sophia reading in uh, her sister? I do not super care for Cassandra. Um, I wasn't sure if it was Cassandra or not. No, Sophitia and who's the one I actually like? Raphael. There oh, we go. yeah. Raphael's fun. Siegfried, because if I'm going to fight somebody, I want to be as far away from them as possible. I actually really like Kielik after a while. Kielik's not bad, but he feels cheap when I play him. Not like Maxi cheap. I'll still play Kielik, but... <laughs> I actually don't feel like Maxi's particularly cheap just because his range is so short. The problem is he just has a never-ending combo. And I like to say Zosilomel. Zosilomel is probably my favorite Soul Calibur name to say. <laughs> That's fair. I forget what her name is, but like the Death Hoop Girl... Oh, yeah. Tira? Uh, yes. Yes. Tira. I can't even remember what the names of those weapons are. They have names. Chakrams? They're not they're, chakrams. No, they're, they're specifically like a large bladed hoop. I mean, they're basically just chakram, but big. But death hula hoops? No, that's what the Gunnable Gundam has. Killa hoops? No, that's not good. Um, Oh, no, I'll come back to it. Murder rings? No. It's a travesty that there was never a saw trap that involved a bladed hula hoop that you had to keep around you. But also cut into you very yeah, slightly every yeah. time you hula'd. Yeah, that's very saw. So yeah, episode 34. Before we get to that, I've had a week, and I want to talk about a thing, which is that I tried to watch the 2017 Death Note movie. Ooh. What? Is that the live action one? Yeah. God, uh, why? There are multiple live action ones, so you're going to have to be a little bit more The specific. American Netflix live action oh. one with William Defoe oh, as no. Ryuk. Do you hate yourself? No, okay. So we need to have an intervention for you, Jeremy. Probably. Um, here's what happened, though. I was listening to another podcast's Patreon special, and for a Patreon special, they watched the Dragon Ball 2009 movie, which is a terrible movie, but I kind of love it. Wait, is that the... Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah, that one. Okay, gotcha. With James Marsters and a bunch of people no one has ever heard of. Yep. James Marsters is in that? Yeah, he's Piccolo. But I kind of love that movie. Now, it, don't get me wrong, it's a terrible movie where Goku says the line, No, I'm not interested in fighting. We have more important stuff right now. Ah! Ah, that's true to character. Um, what do you love? About, is it, like, because it's so bad, it becomes good again? Or? It's because all the choices are inexplicable, but I understand exactly why they were made. It's just such a stripping of making a thing into, like, a generic movie. And then they threw airbending in there. <laughs> <laughs> more airbending than Avatar The Last Airbender the movie. Yes. And then Goku does a Kamehameha with the power of boners. That tracks, actually. Um, except it would actually be Chi-Chi doing a Kamehameha with the power of boners. Yes, that, that tracks. You're correct. <laughs> it does not track for Goku to do that. And then also Ernie Hudson's in it for no reason. Just being Ernie Hudson there. I don't know who that is. He's what? He's the black Ghostbuster. Okay. I assume he's been in other things. A few. Probably. And, and Chow Yun-Fat is there, and you're like, you have Chow Yun-Fat. Why are you not having Chow Yun-Fat do things? Like, he could do a kick, and that would make this movie way better. <laughs> like because any sort of martial arts in this martial arts movie? Because he was Master Roshi, and everyone knows Master Roshi doesn't do anything until you get to Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> well, also in the original Dragon Ball. Which this movie is super based on. It's basically they tried to combine the plot of the first arc and the King Piccolo arc. Okay. 
Yeah, which again, it's not terrible. Except for that, it's 2009, and your audience does not care about Dragon Ball. What little is left, like it's a crime that Vegeta's not in that movie. But again, I understand why it happened. Anyway, I kind of love that movie, even though it's terrible. And they kept comparing it to the Death Note movie, which they had seen. And I was like, I should watch that. At least Light Yagami actually is a high school student. Yeah, Goku never attended any form of school. Well, he attended Master Roshi's Turtle School. Yes, okay. That's, <laughs> he doesn't have a formal education. It's actually a wonder Goku can read. Wait, can Goku read? I think in Super he learned how. Also, I think Launch might have taught him. That sounds right. Anyway, I got like 30 minutes in. I got to where William Defoe showed up and I'm like, can you save this movie, William Defoe? I challenge you. But he was like, no, I'm not actually in this movie. I'm just doing the voice. We did like a still shot of Ryuk. So he looks really creepy. And actually, it does look pretty good, but it means I can't act through it. So no, I cannot save this movie. <laughs> I'm like, can you, Mr. Director, by making all the deaths the most final destination thing possible? He's like, well, I'm going to try. Because I want a career after this. And I'm like, well, you are a good director, but no, you cannot save this movie where a, where Light Yagami is bullied by everybody and his mom's dead and people have to tell him that. So we, the audience, know. Also, his name is Light Turner. In the original Death Note, wasn't Light not bullied by people? Nor does nope. his mom dead, I don't believe. Although it's been long enough since I read it. I I only remember his dad in the show. Yeah, you, he, his mom, his dad, his, his mom might be dead. That might be true. No, I think she, I think she's still around. She's just not a big important character in the series. Also, I don't remember. I like that they decided to Americanize it by calling him Light Turner, and they thought, you know what, a normal first name is Light. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Also, his dad, like imagine a, imagine a stern Southern father that would be on an NBC show, and that is Light's dad in this movie. Yeah, actually, I think that's a pretty accurate portrayal, honestly. <laughs> so I got 30 minutes in and was like, no, I cannot. I did not even get to L showing up. Who plays L on that? I can't remember the actor's name. I like him fairly well. He's been in a bunch of horror movies. Uh, African-American guy. He was in Get Out, where he was good. So he's a good actor. Is he the uh, lead in Get Out? I can't remember if he's the lead or if he is the um, grandpa who is possessed throughout the movie okay i have not actually seen get out yet it's a so. good movie you should watch it i know it's it's been on my list forever and i should just watch it you should so. it's good halloween is soon <laughs> also that yes <laughs> i've heard that one's really good i'm just not a big fan of horror movies in general it's not a uh, from what i've heard it's like not a horror movie I, so much as it's a horror adjacent movie i mean yeah but it's more a thriller if you want to get into it but it's definitely got horror movie vibes and it's trying to be a horror movie it's just it's not slashery at all I've heard a very similar thing about Us, which I think is the... I have, he's the same director. I have yeah. not actually seen Us, though. I should. Maybe I'll watch it this Halloween. I've also heard it's very good. Again, not what people were expecting it to be, but also still pretty good. All right, so we're going to watch Gundam Seed Destiny now. If you're just joining us because you heard we talked about the Death Note movie, and you're like, oh, I want to hear this guy's impressions of the first 30 minutes of a bad movie. There are three main characters. Kira Jesus Yamato. He is with the Archangel. They're the White Hats. They're trying to get a president back to her nation so she can get them out of a war. Yeah. So she yeah. can president at things. Yeah. Atherin, I'm not a main character anymore. Zala, he was a main character, but Kira was like, no, you're doing bad and cut off all his limbs. They were robot limbs, though, so he's fine. Now he's just... Wait, so like Luke? Yes. <laughs> okay. More like Darth Vader, really. So now he just mopes around with Shin, I sunk your battleship, Asuka, and is like, no, don't kill my best friend Kira Yamato. And he's like, yeah, but I blame him for the death of my person girl friend friend who Stella. was a girl <laughs> friend is a strong word too um, um you know i feel like shin and kira would actually get along because shin blames kira for everything and kira blames kira for everything <laughs> <laughs> so they have something to come yeah, like, yeah, um it is all my fault i did kill her you're right my newly adopted puppy dog stella yeah there we go <laughs> oh shin is just john wick <laughs> except about the weird assassin back universe backstory thing yeah you know kira gets all that have you ever wondered about the, like, economy of the John Wick Assassin's universe? Yeah, I feel like that's How why it's such a good movie. Golden <laughs> coins counts for everything? Well, yeah, but also, like, it's one golden coin for, like, a night at the Amnesty Hotel. And it's also one golden coin for a whiskey at the Amnesty Hotel. At that point, I feel like I should just bring my own damn whiskey. And well, a gold, and one of those coins for a whole suit of body armor and a shotgun. That seems equivalent to a say at the Amnesty Hotel. It is not a gold coin for a whiskey at the Amnesty Hotel. Have you ever watched that movie? Uh, not that one. I'm so offended that you're so wrong about such an important thing. See, I was just going to have the clever joke. It's one of those board games where you're not allowed to make change. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I would play the heck out of a John Wick tactics game. That sounds fun. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Assassins have Amex credit cards. It's okay. They can buy whiskey with money. <laughs> That's true. I feel like John Whiskey. John Whiskey? <laughs> I'm Keanu Reeves. So I want Wh- to endorse my favorite drink, John Whiskey. Okay. My Wh- dog dies and I'm sad about it. You're, I only have two options. Go down to the basement with a sledgehammer and get my stuff or pour a nice long John Whiskey and forget about it. <laughs> John Wick's slightly more drunk brother-in-law. <laughs> John Whiskey. So, okay, um, one of the other YouTube channels I picked up re- recently is the Spiffing Brit, who mostly does, like, ridiculous exploits in games that are highly exploitable, which it turns out is most of them. But he has a recurring character in Skyrim that is Rihanna Keeves, who is, like, a horrible, distorted version of Keanu Reeves, and I love it. Anyway. So, yeah, last time, Shin was like, ah, this girl is dead. I should learn how to video games against Kira real well. And that's so how you he him, does. Catherine, right? Well, if playing Metal Gear Solid has taught me anything, yes. <laughs> And then Durandal gave a speech about how Total War is good and we should kill the Illuminati. Durandal is the president of space. I really don't understand what his end plan or what his game plan is with this. I guess it's just justifying basically any action it's in the name of... It's justifying anything that he wants to do. I mean, it's that was... justifying would... a full-scale invasion of the Earth if he wants to. That would imply there's something he wants to do, though. Yeah, like, I assume he has a specific end goal, but... Be a bigger bastard than Patrick Zala? Yeah, you know what Patrick Zola lacked was ambition. He wanted to (laughs) stop a genocide. (laughs) What if he could do a double genocide? Um, I feel like that's what a Rowlet Crusade would have done. (laughs) Are there any other characters? Mula fucking Roanoke. Yeah, Mula fucking Roanoke. He's in the brig. The medical brig. (laughs) Where he has, like, a nice TV mounted on the wall and, like... The infirmary is the word I wanted, but he's tied up After he was uh, shot down in a previous episode out of his moobal suit... (laughs) <laughs> his moobal suit i'm sure we've said that before but it feels like a new joke to me uh that's your joke i think we're all very <laughs> you know drunk tonight you know what jeremy's opinion on that is though the I best don't... jokes are the jokes that you told that then someone else told back to you yeah that you forgot <laughs> yes because exactly. that means they perfectly match your sense of humor <laughs> but they're a new surprise for you it's exactly. the best feeling just shot down just makes me think of that thing in gundam battles yep, too, where they... <laughs> exactly that when you said yep. shot down just shot down <laughs> yep you're a gunner now. <laughs> so shot down, I think, is specifically when they do like a special range attack. So sometimes when you're firing with like beam rifles or something, the announcer will just randomly go, shut down. Or one of my favorites is uh, when you do an unblockable attack, he just randomly pops in like about one every five times. It's like, you can't defend. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks. Very useful. We should track down a copy of Gundam Battle Assault 3 featuring Gundam Seed, <laughs> a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> I can conjure one out of the ether. It yeah. will just not be on a physical Game Boy Advance. I don't know that we can do anything with it anyway, but... But it would be hilarious. Yeah. Although I suppose we could uh, set it up to play with a PlayStation controller, and then it would just be Gundam Battle Assault. Except featuring Gundam Z. Heavy Arms in? It is. Yes. Because guns. That's actually a game where the Balkans are maybe useful? It is, because... I know, which is why I spent the entire time on the other side of the map firing them. Also, Endless Duel. Endless Duel is also, or also has useful Vulcans. Also limited ammo on them. All right, so we're going to watch episode 34. You can join us on Crunchyroll, or YouTube, or the ancient DVDs, or I think Hulu's got it, or the back of an internet truck. So previously on Gundam Seed, like we said, Shin was like, ah, oh, I've got to defeat this freedom. Look at this computer simulation. And Athens like, no, that's my boyfriend. Uh, so my question there is, how did he create this computer simulation? Is that just like a thing they have? I'm assuming it's data from the previous encounters with the freedom. But like, it's one thing to have data and an entirely different thing to then make some sort of weird battle simulation based on that. Like, uh, Zaft has very future technology. And Shin's not, like, an operating systems wizard like Kira is, so he did make it himself. No, I assume this is uh, equipment on the Minerva. And they do actually have a lot of data on the Freedom. They did build it. They did, because one, (laughs) they built it, and two, it got a lot of use in the war previously. Is it public knowledge that Zaft built the Freedom? I mean, who else would have, but... I think it is public knowledge that Zaft built the Freedom. Or, you know, pu- public. In- I, I, yeah, I don't think no, that it's public knowledge, but I feel like Shin would be able to find that out. Yeah, like, is it common knowledge if you're in the military with, like, I don't know, secret I think most clearance people or can something? figure it out because of its IFF code. Com- uh, that's a good ZGMF. point. GMF. Yeah, that's fair. Something or other freedom. No, that just sounds for Zach's good mobile attacker. <laughs> mobile fighter. And Durandal's like, yeah, war is because of money and the Illuminati. War, huh? What is it good for? Money. Lots and lots of money. 
we cut to the Zaf Supreme Council, who apparently were not told Durandal was going to give a cool speech today. And so then this is new stuff, right? This is no yeah. longer last time on. Kind of. It's interspliced. It's new footage, but it's the same audio for the most part. Interspliced is not a word. Interspersed. I just love all these shots of Jabril just being like... Oh no, I, I did yeah. bad and now everyone will know. How has he not screwed up this bad before? He's incompetent. Like, very incompetent. Because uh, Azrael was in charge before him. And he was not incompetent. He was just racist. <laughs> Tyler, he has enough money that he doesn't that he just buys off any mistakes he makes. I mean, as I say, I feel like all of Logos is racist. Just given We get Jabril's doxing or uh, not Lally McWilliams. Durin Durundle doxing everybody, so we discovered Jabril's name is literally Lord Jabril. Yep. His parents had high aspirations for him. So cut to Orb where Yuda is like, hey, they've even listed the Groat family and the Ritter crew, which is <laughs> apparently people they're connected to. I am Groat. I love how Shin's like, yeah, an easy thing for me to go shoot. I got my mission objective. Now I can go try to get all the bonus objectives, like destroy Freedom Gundam. Look and at all these guys. Maybe they'll issue us a deck of cards with their faces on. So anyway, Durundle's like, I declare a war on terror. And everyone's like, yeah, totally. Literally everyone's. Like, yeah, totally. Except the crew of the Archangel who start talking about the stuff we said they should be talking about last episode <laughs> immediately. Yeah, well, she she says included in the list are the Sarens, but we didn't see their pictures or anything like that, and Yuna didn't say anything about it. Yeah. And Kigali's like, oh, they have ties to orb people here. Actually, I bet these people have ties to every country. Yeah, that's the thing about this, is that he's like, these guys are evil. They literally have connections to every country in the world. So the Rundle's like, hey, sorry, I took the liberty of declaring war on everyone for us. But uh, now I've done it, so you have to agree, right, Congress? Although, Congress does not look super happy with this. Well, yeah, because he's not supposed to be able to like, unilaterally declare them at war with something. I don't actually know how Zaf's government works. That's true. <laughs> I mean, if their chain of command in their government is as loose as it is in their military, as far as I know, just some random person can go off and declare to be the president and then say, oops, sorry, Durundle, you had to deal with that. I do love how it cuts to a shot of Mir just, like, passing out on a couch. That was the hardest she's acted in a while. You only have so many acting juices every day. So now Durandal gives a much smaller speech to Zaf Congress about how, like, ah, oh, we're not at war with the Alliance or the Naturals. We're at war with a concept that can only go well. And this concept is a group, at least. We can point to people who are behind it. So there's disorder in the court, but people are starting to come around. And Durandal's like, what else are we going to do? The path to peace is hidden. Meanwhile, Kira's like, hey, let's go back to Orb, like Atherin told us to, because I don't know what's going to happen. But it's going to be big. And now they have a legitimate excuse to just kick the Sarans out, I guess. And uh, a lot of the Zaft people on board, the Minerva, are super fired up over the whole thing. I love how all of them are like, oh yeah, if we kick this one group out, all war ever will end. That's totally how anything works. Yeah. The only reason there have ever been wars is because of this one secret society wanting to profit. Certainly no other reasons. Definitely no one trying to profit against them, for example, just for the barest minimum example. Anyway, Congress starts supporting Durundle, and they're like, yeah, let's honor this decision and go for it. Meanwhile, Durundle moves another chess piece in his head. I cut to the Archangel taking off from the snow, but it's been spotted by an Ewax din. And there's a Lessips nearby, and they're like, we've located the Archangel. And... Colonel McOld guy on there is like, yes, I knew they'd make a move. I like Commander. How <laughs> old guy. <laughs> I love how we've never seen this guy before, ever. He gets a lot of screen time this episode. Also, I'm pretty sure this guy's wearing a mask of a human <laughs> face. <laughs> well, he was injured in the last war, and it just it looks real bad. I mean, so Shar's excuse for wearing a mask is actually that guy's story. <laughs> I feel like pretty much everyone on this thing are probably veterans of the previous war, right? Probably. Most likely, they, they, it can't be all of them, but I assume most of the command. Because even he'll make a uh, uh, comment later when it was like, attack them with everything. It's like, Did, have you ever seen the Archangel fight? Like, ever? And he was like, contact command and update the database. It's no longer an unknown. It's an enemy. Because it is flying around here. <laughs> uh, cut to the Minerva where they get a call. It's like, hey, you need to provide support for Operational Angel Down about to be announced. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, in my notes, I said that is not nearly as subtle as spit break. No. Spit break didn't mean anything. Because Durendal has declared war on terror, and that means anti-terror, too. He wants a monopoly on war on terror. Well, you know what strikes fear into the heart of terror? 
anti-terror, yes. which means they are themselves also terror. There's nothing to be afraid of except for the Archangel itself. Which means the Rundle has gone from zero to kill the Archangel in about 20 seconds. To be fair, he was already kind of on the side of kill the Archangel and what it represents when he tried to kill Lacus earlier. That's that true. is true. But Gladius is surprised. Gladius... Gladius. But Gladys is surprised. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, like the arc, like even though she said we don't know what the archangel is, so we have to be careful of it. They've really not done anything to her or her ship. Yeah, they blew up the lo- the and killed once. a bunch of crew. And but they also helped destroy the destroy. But they've and by also helped, s- I mean, mostly do it. So well, shit was wa- flying around defending it. They've also s- saved the Minerva at least once. I feel like the Durendal's plan with the Archangel, and also Lacus mostly, is to just remove, like, variables from his plan. Mm-hmm. Things he can't control, obviously. It, yep. I mean, it makes sense. It just, we have repeatedly criticized Destiny for moving so slow. This really feels zero to kill the Archangel to me, very quickly. Especially since it's just like, okay, we murder them now. Go murder them. Yeah, you know all those guys that we mentioned that we're actually going after? Yeah, none of the crew of the Archangel were on that list, but go kill them anyway. To be fair, they don't know who the crew of the Archangel is. Which does reinforce what I was saying about it being used as a justification for him doing whatever the hell he wants. Uh Uh-huh. It's logistically sound. It's a good pun on paper, not when you say it out loud. Don't worry about it. We get the opening sequence. It's the same as it ever was, except for when it was two different opening sequences earlier in this series. (laughs) Except that Mayrin hasn't photoshopped herself in everywhere. (laughs) Coming out of the opening is really what I mean, because suddenly, Bakus attacking the Archangel. We don't even have time to show Kira launching. They love to show people launching in this show. It's their favorite. <laughs> I actually like that they did this here, because we already know what's going to happen with the start of it. So rather than wasting time, we can go right into the conflict of the episode. That is the advantage of being completely unsubtle in your operation names, I suppose, as it tells the audience what it's about. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Longnose has now taken Natarl's job in the CIC. They're somehow missing a bunch of Bakus in a narrow box They actually mentioned they're not trying to hit them. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, because Maru specifically tells the dude, don't shoot them. Kira is fighting some bobbies. It doesn't go well for the bobbies. Oh, hey, it's a Maru bounce. We haven't had that in a while. (laughs) I love how they take a hit and it causes, like, the reaction and everything. And Moo in the uh, infirmary is just like, hey, 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 what the hell's going on? I feel like more prisoners have experienced battles in the infirmary than in the brig on the Archangel. (laughs) Probably. Maru's like, why are they randomly attacking us now? And Longnose is like, oh, they'll have us surround us any moment. And then they are. (laughs) We'll be surrounded at any moment. We're surrounded. (laughs) Oh, no, not... Eight Bakus. And nine Bobbies. They totally couldn't handle those. Well, it's a lot more difficult when you're not actually trying to take them apart. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Wagner's is like, hey, I understand you want to avoid meaningless battles, but we're going to sink at this rate. Because if it really, if they wanted to punch a clean hole, they have the Lohengrin. Yeah, he's like, please allow a direct attack, or at least let us launch the Marasames. But Maru's like, yeah, but remember off screen when Kira told you their objective might be to make us attack them? So that they could justify attacking us even harder? Well, I mean, with when you look at the broadcast that photoshopped out the uh, the freedom, it's kind of the same thing. They could use it as, like, hey, look, the Archangel started attacking us first. Conversely, I feel like it would be very easy for them to photoshop that in. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really don't get that because it would be just as easy for them to take old footage that they already have and use the same thing. Anyway, the Murasame girls are like, please let us take off. Man, remember we had a stray girls? These Murasame guys suck in comparison. You definitely also call them Murasame girls. Oh, that was intentional. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, like, <laughs> look at that guys, blonde and red and blue and green hair. These guys just all are just one, like, amalgus mass. They're not individualized. But Mur's like, no, I will return with all the Murasames intact. They might be at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> when we get back, but they'll be there intact. It's fine, Zach. This Archangel's a submarine now. That's very useful in the snow. Anyway, Murr's like, if we can make it to the sea, we can escape. We're almost there. My question is, why are they over this landmass anyway? Because the last time we've seen them, like, hiding out, they've been at the bottom of the ocean already. So couldn't you just have stayed down there and went back to Orb? Uh, They're in Scandinavia, which they mentioned going to. I don't know why or how Zaft is able to. But they did, when they were in Scandinavia, when they did that, they were also at the bottom of the sea in Scandinavian waters. Uh, Well, they had to go above the water in order to recharge the hot springs 
So, okay, wait, I just considered when I was recording the mid-spot a couple episodes ago, the logistical challenges of maintaining those damn hot springs while the Archangel's doing goddamn barrel rolls and stuff. Like, how is there not water everywhere? Do they drain them every time they're not being used? Or yeah, it like, must drain like a pool, right? I Yeah, but then you have to fill them up every time that you want to use them, so you have to have like an hour of prep time for your hot springs. They have a really strong cover. <laughs> they they just, just slide it over the top. It's just like space saran wrap. <laughs> So anyway, Captain McOldman's like, oh, no wonder they're spoken of so highly. Tell the mobile suit teams not to be reckless. Otherwise, we won't last until the Minerva arrives. The signal lost is just popping up. So apparently they're knocking people down. So Lieutenant Noob is like, shouldn't we do an all-out attack before we get cornered ourselves? Also, he grew a real face back. It turns out he just has that, that extremely a strong cheekbones. Yeah, that guy was definitely in a green uniform that you pointed out earlier. This guy is in a black uniform. I think he just changed. And, and Colonel McOldman's like, ah, you don't, you never read any of the stories of Yaking Dewey, did you? We can't be too hasty. We'll just stick to the plan, which is to let the main character handle it. Well, I mean, it does make some sense to have the Minerva, which is a battleship that's on par with the Archangel. Well, also, not to mention the Super Asu, who's going to be like, send me the strike silhouette. Although, they talk about the Minerva catching the Archangel, so it makes me wonder if the Minerva's faster but has lighter armor than the Archangel does. I don't think lighter armor, but I think lighter armament. It has only one positron cannon, for example, and only one shell-firing main gun. So anyway, Atherin is like, hey, the Archangel are not Logos, so why are we going to fight them? This doesn't make any sense. Are you sure they didn't say go attack the Bark Bangel? (laughs) (laughs) And Gladys is like, yes, I already called them and asked, but this are our orders. You are both members of Faith. You can tell them to fuck off. Don't they have to take, like, direct commands from Durundle? So if Durundle was like, hey, definitely go shoot them, do they still have to do that? Yes, I presume so. Actually, I think they're separate from that. I don't think they have to do anything. Well, Faith directs uh, directly responds to the. Uh, but when chairman, he told so. when he told uh, Atherin at he, the beginning of the series, he, he, he gave tell- Atherin That's basically true. total freedom. That is true to Atherin specifically. So, having never made their intentions clear, the Archangel and Freedom just add chaos to the battlefield. They kill Heine Western Flusers, so we have to stop them. They add confusion to the orderly battlefields where we're getting our asses kicked. If you don't like it, go sit in your room. We get some shots of Kira just ripping through Bakus. Then we get another shot of the AWACS, which reports on the situation we already knew about, but to the Minerva this time. And they've got infrared, which will help them in a minute. Shin walks into the ready room and Ray's like, thumbs up. And Shin is like, yeah, thumbs up. We're going to do this. I'm so ready for this. And by we, I mean me. Because Ray doesn't sortie in this, right? No, only no. Shin does. Shin's the only one with a mobile suit. Yeah. Oh, did they both get destroyed? Yeah. Okay. I, I honestly mean, don't remember what happened to Ray's suit. Technically, both Ray and Luna Mario's suits could be fixed. Like they're not total like the Savior, but they're so close as to not as to not matter. And they they didn't get Savior to like the Savior. Yeah. And Gladys, like you need to learn how to look past your bias, Atherin, which is kind of true. His bias is correct, but her her principle is certainly correct. Well, yeah, because she's. Saying, you know, hey, you need to stop telling us we can't fight against the Archangel when that is literally our job right now. So my advice to Atherin, and he would never do this because Atherin is not the type of person who would do this. Kigali would. Kigali <laughs> totally would. Is that Atherin should just go steal the impulse right now. If he doesn't want Kira to die, he should just go steal the impulse. Kira would also g- do that. I mean, what are they going to do about it? He's, he's a member of faith. It's totally within his jurisdiction to go do it. He's just not gonna. No, because absolute power makes you Patrick Zala. A jerk. That's probably a good chunk of why Atherin is really bad at the whole, like, utilizing the power he's been given as a member of Faith. Atherin has some flashbacks to some failure to use his power in Faith, and Gladys tells him, focus on the present, when they get the signal from the AWACS. And Cut- she's like, well, I gotta go to the bridge. Cutting off her impending Yoda speech. Yeah, and she tells him, if you don't want to watch, go to your room. <laughs> no, I mean, even better, Gladys is just like, go to your room and think about what you've done. <laughs> Maru is team mom, but Gladys has to be a mom. She didn't ask, well, I guess she literally did ask for this. That's why she broke up with the Rundle. But. Okay, so this is a thing. Does this ever get brought up? Because she broke up with the Rundle to go do the Zaft have a baby plan. Yes. Is the mandatory military service first? Like, why is she in the military? I don't think they're related. Okay. I think she is in military separate from wanting to have a kid. So, I guess, follow up question then. Does she have a kid? I mean, spoilers, yes. Okay. I guess what I'll say is that it very much seems like they're setting up her kid for future stories that we do not see because there are no future Gundam Seed stories. That's fair. Okay, that was my whole question. 
But the fact that she's a mom is thematically important for sure. Whether that's good or not, I don't know. But thematically <laughs> important. So they lower the bridge. Saying this is why the Minerva can outperform the Archangel. Their bridge lowers. It makes them more maneuverable because it changes their center of mass. That's a real reason to do it, kind of. <laughs> Ray is like, Shin, you can do it. I believe in you. Don't believe in yourself. Believe in the me who believes that Kira should die. And Lunamari is confused, as she probably should be, because they're clearly talking about something and she's not in, she's not involved in the conversation. I think she's more conflicted than confused, because she knows about Atherin's loyalty to the Archangel, and she trusts Atherin. Well, and she saw that conversation about, like, them talking about the whole, like, plants being corrupt, so there's probably a bit of that. So Atherin arrives just as the elevator door is closing on Shin, and Shin is like, I don't answer to you, you suck. And then he closes a door in his face. And then we get the eye catch. Hey, how do you, a bunch of people who must have seen Gundam Seed Destiny before, think that this fight's gonna end? I'll give you a hint, it's not named Operation Enduring Freedom. Thanks for joining us this week on episode 34, wherein we generate an excuse to get Kira a new mobile suit. Uh, spoilers, again. No new news this week, so hey, plug time. If you want to support the show, feel free to drop by our Discord and, like, say hi. Or, if you're interested, you could join our Patreon, where we post occasional bonus episodes. Uh, we're working on more of those. It's just been a chaotic month, I think, for everyone. But soon! Also, as usual, feel free to go out and give us a rating on whatever it is that you can give ratings on. If you're one of the people who listens to their podcasts, usually through Amazon... We're probably going to be on that platform soon as well, so if you're someone who's interested in listening to that, send us an email so that I know whether or not we're actually going to, like, you know, reach anyone with that. Anywho, thanks again for listening, and let's get back to this series of unexplained explosions. Fire the jamming shells. What the hell does that even mean? I assume it's radar jamming, because we'll see in a moment that all the radar is down, but because they have the IR from the AWACS. They're able to see through it and get accurate targeting data. I just assume they lay down some sick beats. Raspberry. <laughs> Only one man would dare give me the raspberry. Plus, this gives Shin cover to launch. <laughs> so, I've noticed in the default Core Splendor launching animation, he always does, like, a bunch of, those are not barrel rolls, aileron rolls. Why? Let's try spinning. That's a cool <laughs> trick. <laughs> because it looks cool, I guess. <laughs> I think it's dumb, but then they start padding for time by having the impulse to its full connection well we didn't get the freedom launch so we gotta have something launch in this episode it's in the contract mcdonald's really likes it when it launches and now that the impulse is out gladys gives the order to uh attack shoot the archangel stuff. that's like a lot of missiles that we're shooting i didn't realize that before well it's like a full barrage and so shin engages kira goes right for him kira just ducks him and stays out of the way the archangel runs right into the minerva which because they were jammed they were not aware was there this is a terrible decision on the case of the, uh, Minerva. the Minerva, since you knew they were there. Like, they could have shut, set up a way better firing angle. Well, no, it's mostly a problem because if the uh, Archangel's Helmsman wasn't as good as he is, they would have run, run into, run into, each, into other. each other. Also that, yeah, there are a lot of problems with this plan. Also, I'm not sure if this is just a perspective on the shot, but the Archangel seems way bigger than the Minerva. I think it is. I don't think way bigger, but I definitely think it's the bigger ship. Again, it's got two... It's got almost twice as many weapons. I do love how, like, the f immediate reaction of the of the Minerva as the Archangel just flies over <laughs> them is like, holy shit, I did not know it could do that. <laughs> what level are they? When do I get to do that? Because <laughs> it's both Arthur and Gladys that are just like, what the hell? How do you get that skill? What feat did the Helmsman take to do that? Emergency reflexes? <laughs> do a barrel roll. <laughs> I do love that Newman is like, I'm sorry. For what? And Kelly's like, it's okay. <laughs> well, it's because he caused her to spill her drink, obviously. It makes sense why they send the Minerva, but uh, Maru is like, damn it, I fixed that. I don't want to have to shoot at it. Commander Old Guy is like, ah, yes, now we'll see what Gladys can do now that our star player is here. While the Archangel zips away. Show me what you can do as the Archangel and its escort are functionally not really firing back. <laughs> they kind of are, but Gladys even makes the point of just stay the course and they won't hit us. Well, because they're not trying to. Yeah, Which... And that's what she says. They don't intend to hit us because they haven't flipped around their rail guns. They know they can do that. And they had an opportunity to broadside. Now, they didn't have a very good one at the angle they were at, but... Well, I, like, they could have gotten a snapshot of their yeah. twin Gottfrieds on the front. And one of the Valiants, uh, probably from that angle, they probably could have hit with both the Valiants if they'd had them ready. 
Gladys tells Mehran to open the International Rescue Channel. And she contacts the Archangel. It's like, hey, this is Gladys, captain of the Minerva. I have to wonder where the camera is, though, because they have the handset <laughs> and it pops up a camera. The future. That's where it is. I assume it's mounted on the front of the ship and it just zooms in on the captain's chair. Have you ever been in, like, one of those fancy conference rooms that has, like, an auto-focusing camera that just pans around the room? Well, I work for a big tech company and we have those. <laughs> they're useless. <laughs> but they're good to show that your face to the enemy captain. Yep. I do love how Gladys is... Like, I, we're acting on orders to sink your ship, but if you surrender, we won't. If you surrender immediately, cease fire, withdraw all your machines, I guarantee the safety of your crew. Which is actually a pretty good um, deal in a way to stop the fight. Yeah. And as Tyler's notes say, it's probably more advantageous for them to capture the Archangel than sink it. Yep. Yeah. I actually like if Captain Olbin's like, our orders are to sink it. Why would we want to capture an incredibly powerful enemy ship? Yeah. Why would we have two Minervas when we can have one? And technically speaking, the other guy is a commander. That's important. Does? Is it? Yes. Why? Because technically Talia outranks him. Ah. Well, but there's a thing about the Japanese military where captain just means you're in charge of the ship. It's not really a rank. Well, it depends, because they also refer to lieutenants in charge of certain vessels as captain. That yeah. said, Talia definitely outranks him anyway because she's a member of fate. That's true. That too, yeah. Regardless... <laughs> And she's like, this is your only chance to surrender. I won't accept any later offers. It's this or total destruction. I hope you make a wise decision. Maru has got a determined look. And she's like, oh, hate that she's our enemy because she's uh, almost as good as me. But Lieutenant Longness is like, hey, we can't surrender because Kigali, and that's a problem. Mm. And then Kira somehow sends a text yeah. while he's in the middle of fighting Shin. Look, he's very good at keyboards. <laughs> well, and, like, he hasn't really been attacking Shin. He's been defending the entire time. He actually just has a button that he programmed on the Freedom that's just auto-evasive maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> it's standard evasive maneuvers. No, it, he's got a um, he's got a speech-to-text <laughs> on board that he just pushes that button. And Millie's a good comm officer, so she can cover for all the mistakes that it makes. Yeah. It's like, you have to get to the sea. Our priority is to get Kigali to Orb. So Maru tells Marielli to open the same channel. And she's like, yo, it's Maru Rami as Captain of the Archangel. <laughs> Come out and she's alive from Siberia or something. And it shows her and everybody's reaction is, or Arthur and Gladys' reaction is both like, huh, we know who that, who we met that person. And Gladys is like, yes, the script told me it was her. So I expected this. <laughs> she did give me a pep talk about piloting a special prototype military ship. It's like, unfortunately, no can do. We still have work to do, so we can't surrender. We're going to split into two factions, and, uh... And we choose option door number three, the goat. We are the goat faction. <laughs> Greatest of all time. So my sincere wish is that you just let us go. Yeah, allow us to escape is what she says. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> Commander Oldman is like, you fool! How could you do something so cowardly? Have our mobile suits attack. How dare you do something cowardly, like do the smart thing and try to avoid people getting accidentally killed by attacking an extremely powerful battleship. And Kira tries to go to intercept them, but the impulse cuts him off. So at the very least, Shin is neutralizing Kira the way Atherin would neutralize people uh, beforehand. It's Commander Willard. That's his name. He's got a name. And Gladys is like, you're out of line. And he's like, like you're out of line. Like, if you don't attack, they'll get away. That's what they said they would do. They were like, we're leaving. Bye. <laughs> well, I mean, they gave him an opportunity to surrender. That doesn't mean they've stopped attacking. Mm -hmm. But Gladys hasn't opened fire yet since then. It also ended like, yeah, just two seconds ago. And then he whines about her being a member of faith. Hell, at the rate he's going, he's lucky the Archangel hasn't started frying his mobile suits. Well, to be fair, they don't want to. But yes, he is lucky for that. It just occurred to me I want to make a stupid montage of Jill Valentine just joining various groups and being like, I'm a member of, insert Faith. group name here. <laughs> so. Shin does a determined charge at Kira while blocking his beam with his shield. Kira goes for the camera shot, but Shin tilts his head. And Kira's <laughs> like, whoa, this guy goes moves. <laughs> <laughs> I would have found it really funny if he'd accidentally clipped the beam saber or something in the process. But so Shin goes into seed mode. Kira is already in it. His pupils are all dilated. We ever saw him go in, though. And Athens like, no, think of the main characterness. Well, like, if you look at it, Kira's not really attacking Shin. He's trying to withdraw. And also disarm him. Yeah, he goes for a shot on the Impulse's beam rifle arm, but Shin manages to get it out of the way. You know, if Kira realized what Shin was doing, what he could do instead is just aim for where he thinks he would dodge to, and then Shin would but, just dodge into it. Well, no, but then Shin wouldn't dodge it. 
well, hey, you're assuming a lot of shin. <laughs> See, the appropriate action is to aim center mass, put him down. But as Ray tells us, that machine never goes for the cockpit. It doesn't want to make kills. So the impulse is actually the perfect thing to fight it. Did Ray come up with this information on his own, or was he fed information from I someone? I think he came up with this by just studying it. It's yeah, not yeah. like there isn't insufficient data on the freedom. Yeah, I also presume that it was him and Shin going over the battle together. It's like, hey, you notice that it's always going for these parts. Hey, have you noticed how it never goes for kill shots? Weird. Actually, really, that, that is about the only thing I like is that they actually use that against Kira. Because I've said it in the past that someone's going to use that against him. Yep. Kira, uh, Shin rips a move right out of the Kira Yamato it's playbook. So good. <laughs> and throws his shield at the Freedom, shoots it to bounce that off, and gets a shot on the Freedom's shoulder. I really like that shot. Which also well, covers... a cool move. But then he tries to beams. counter Kira, and Kira just tears his head and arm off in one swing. Well, yeah, he gets greedy because he goes in for a close-in attack, and Kira's got the self-defense. And then... Just ditches his current setup. And then he's like, new one. Super Isu, sword silhouette or something. <laughs> he goes, he asks for another chess flyer and he disengages and rams his cockpit into Kira because Kira's not going to shoot it down. Well, and Kira's well, he, like, what the hell? <laughs> and he blows it up in front of Kira, which covers my usual problems with why don't people just shoot the things down before they get there as Kira's blinded temporarily while the other pieces arrive. He also gets the freedom shield in the maneuver. And he gets another four silhouette, actually, which shows that the impulse has more than one of those around, which makes sense. I guess the shield doesn't get destroyed. I, I love the shot of the uh, freedom landing on the on the uh, this mountain and skidding down it. Yeah, it's very well animated. Shin goes for another beam saber attack, but Kira flies off again. Well, Kira is still just trying to disengage. Yeah. You killed Stella. Why the fuck do you true. think I care about that? You killed Stella. She killed thousands of people. What I love is fuck he's, off. he's probably not even saying this over an open channel, so he's just screaming at Kira in his cockpit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that seems very Shin. And it also, does. it's a thing that competitive people do to psych themselves up. There is a very good gimmick shot I love of Kira goes for a uh, below-the-chest shot to take off the Impulse's legs, and Shin just disconnects the torso section. It's so it really passes good. right through. That is some turn-your-lightsaber-off shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a shot on the Freedom's back, which takes out one of its wings. And I love the shot of, again, the Archangel just absorbing this huge amount of punishment as it's making its run for the sea. And Kira's like, hey, where's Kira? And the movie's like, why is this place always like this? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Just, why is this always like this? Why does this suck so much? So Kira's left side's been pretty beat up. He's missing a wing and some of the shoulder. It actually makes sense that the uh, the left side would be the one taking the brunt of the punishment, because that's the shield side. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one that Shin is armed on. We get some dramatic irony flashbacks to that time Kira and Shin saw each other. As Ken's like, I'm going to shoot you down right now. As... Kira continues to defend and withdraw. And Shin he tries to take out his, yeah, his gun to take a shot, and it just gets immediately blasted. And now he's like, Mayrin, sword silhouette! But they're nearly to the coastline, so the Minerva's running out of time. Okay, so wait, really quick. He has to, like, launch all these parts, but they have to, like, load them into the bay, which means they have to, like, swap them out. Like, they're not all in individual bays getting they're ready actually, to be actually, when you look at it, when they show it, it's actually stacked. Like, yeah. there is oh, okay. a hangar system for it. Yeah. yeah, they're all stacked on each other, and it just rotates the one. Kind of like those cool bike racks it in Japan. It would still yeah. take a lot of time to do. It wouldn't be instantaneous the way this is, because you wouldn't know necessarily which one he was calling for to get it to the catapult. Unless he and Mayron are just so in sync. That... Or if he let him down a plan beforehand. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is if he had a plan. But it would still need to rotate at a certain rate because I doubt his plan would have taken into account him losing the first set of the, of the force silhouette. So those probably wouldn't have been on the catapult. It depends. I can see him making that like, I'm not good enough to take him out without getting shot down like once. My advantage is that that doesn't put me out of the fight because he's not going to. I'm just thinking along the lines of because it, it takes time to load stuff onto the catapult. So this so, is, I think, the only good argument for the impulse is replaceable parts. This is the only time the impulse isn't total garbage. <laughs> and it is entirely because Kira won't shoot him down. But this would be true for like any other. Like if any piece of the impulse got destroyed, you could just replace it with another interchangeable piece. Yeah, but which we is already cool. saw them do something like that with the strike, and they oh yeah, have to for sure, the whole fucking thing. They yep. did have to create a support craft for it. That's what the uh, sky grasper is supposed to be for, for changing the strike's equipment on the fly. But yeah, but then it can be used on yeah. its own. Yes. So after a moment of consideration, Talia says to activate the Tonhauser. So it's fixed. 
I really love the, like, shielding around it. We don't get to see it raise very often. The Archangel has made it over water and is now preparing to dive. Yeah. And Kali's like, where's Kira? And Lieutenant Log knows he's like, he's good. He's fine. Don't worry about it. And Kali's like, get the rouge ready. And uh, Maru's like, ah, no, sit down, girl. You are the objective. Yeah, she's, Maru's right. Like, yeah. They can't let Kigali go out because literally the whole point of this is to get her back to orb. Uh, meanwhile, the impulse is chasing the freedom and the sword silhouette has caught up to him and he just takes the beams uh, boomerang off of it, which I, is a bit I love. It's actually a cool moment. And that's what gets the shield. Yeah. And Kira turns around and just blocks it with a shield, and cu- which causes him to drop it. Which causes Shin to grab the Excalibur off of it as the Archangel begins to dive. And Arthur's like, if they get underwater, it'll be too late. So they fire the Tonhauser. And we get a bunch of cut-ins of various shocked people and an explosion. This distracts Kira long enough as Shin is closing in. It cuts him by surprise. He tries to get the shield in the way of the cockpit, which he does, but it goes, Shin goes right, right through. I, I'm actually okay with this because we've seen the arc on the Justice and the Freedom. The cockpit was actually higher mounted in the chest. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't actually hit the cockpit. No. But he hits it's right a, under it. Yeah, he didn't actually go through the shield. The shield is above the Excalibur when he hits it. And then there's a giant ass explosion. Yeah, there is an excessive explosion. It shoot, it throws the Minerva back. It, it is an apocalyptic meteor strike type explosion that is just ridiculous. So is this from the Freedom? It's implied to be a nuclear discharge from the. That's freedom, what I'm wondering. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, spoilers. That's not a nuclear explosion. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like a nuclear explosion, which is, especially not the way this series likes to animate them as well, being all pink for some well, reason. It's also supposed to be because of the, like, that, I mean, this is from next episode, but we know that's not dead. And also, if it was that big of an explosion, the f- impulse is not fucking flying. That's that it. thing is vaporized. We at then cut ground to the, zero. We cut to the impulse just, like, really beat up. Yeah. Like, in, it's <laughs> in a cloud of dust. The freedom is nowhere to be seen. And Kira Yamato and the crew of the Archangel were never heard from again. <laughs> well, and the head is missing because well, and Kira, the Kira, got the, Kira got the head when he came in. And we cut to the inside of the cockpit where Shin's like, yeah, I did it, Stella. The thing you wanted me to do, kill this random guy. He is clearly manic. He, he has uh, got tears in his eyes. He, he looks manic. And then he just starts guffawing in his victory. Where Atherin is like, no, my best friend! Oh, come on, Atherin. You know he's not dead. But did you see how that big that explosion was, Zach? If Atherin couldn't get Kiro with self-destructing at point-blank range with an exposed cockpit, that's not gonna fucking do it. Yeah, I don't remember ever thinking Kiro was dead at this point. <laughs> Kiro Houdini. It's kind of what I talked about in Seed. This franchise has used up too many of its near-character deaths. Like, I'm totally okay with the first Kiro one, because it's the first one. I'm mostly okay with the Walt felt one because it's the second one. But once Moo is fine, like, it's all off the table. <laughs> well, and, like, again, it's also a problem with that huge explosion. It's too big <laughs> to take seriously. So what was that exploding? Was it just some part of the Archangel or something? No, I, like, I, the way it's supposed to be, like, presented is it's the Freedom's fusion re- or fission reactor, which don't explode like that to begin with. Nope. I have a theory for what it is. We can talk about it next week, but the timing on it is funny, so. Also, I do like that Shin says, I finally did it, and, like, it's been a week. If that... Yeah, he has, he's only seen the freedom on the field, like, twice, and this is only the second time he's actually come into direct conflict with it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, like, short-term goals there, Shin. That's... <laughs> I feel like he hasn't really slept, though, since. Like, it's definitely... It probably feels really long to him, uh-huh. but in real human time, and also in viewer time... Finally is not the modifier yeah. I would give this. Yeah, event. he's been trying it for two episodes. Yeah, exactly. And this was his first, like, he hasn't failed it since he, like, set out, this is my goal. He has not failed to destroy the freedom in there. Because oh, he also hasn't tried uh-huh. before now. So does Atherin just shank a bitch next episode? <laughs> <laughs> before we get into final thought st- stuff, I want to linger on this episode for a bit. Is there any more animation in this before? Let's go through. I'm pretty sure this is the end. I'm pretty sure this goes right, okay, yeah, yep, right okay. into the ending. The last bit is Atherin screaming for Kira's, for Kira's name? For Kira's name. As he does. I like this fight a lot. I think it's got some really good gimmicks. But last week I was talking about how I think it's one of the best fights in Gundam. And I actually, after this review, don't think it's as good as the Atherin-Kira fight in Gundam Seed. The Atherin-Kira fight is knockout. I actually sure. remember this fight being better. Like, I was actually looking forward to it. But on rewatching it, I was actually left 
disappointed because the entire fight is basically Kira just trying to withdraw. Yeah, it's not actually much of a fight. It's got a couple of really cool gimmicks from the impulse. I like the fighter jet dive. The shield bounce is super good. And then I think the end where it just uses the equipment of the sword I actually really good. I like the gimmicks. It's just because it's the same thing functionally as shooting a guy in the back that like I remember Kira putting up more of an actual fight like it being more of a knockdown drag out like the Athran Kira fight but the Athran Kira fight despite being a lot shorter than this one was a lot more a lot more savage and a lot more brutal and like you said a lot more intense because both both parties were actively trying to kill each other and it's got a lot more screaming which is weird you think Shin could do some good screams and he doesn't (laughs) really here I like that Shin improvises so much during this fight because it really shows that he is actually a good pilot. I wish we had gotten more of this earlier as opposed to just him destroying your battleships. Yeah, him just sinking battleships does not really portray that whole ace pilot idea, especially because like we didn't see him. We saw him do one thing before now that kind of implied that he could possibly match Kira, but that was here and gone so fast that kind of didn't matter. There's also kind of this narrative, it's been very subtle, but that Shin is an incredibly quick learner. Like, there's early on, they're like, why did they give Shin the impulse? But then when they escape Orb, he has this, like, huge uh, explosion of, like, learning, right? And he becomes a much better pilot. And then after being shot down by Kira once, he's able to play, so to speak. And now here, after another time, he's able to compete. I just wish they, you know, made that a little bit more organic because, like, you say that, and I didn't get that at all. Like, if the show had, like, done, like, a one of those dumb zoom-in while, like, a bunch of trigonometry is in the background, <laughs> as cheesy as that would have been, I think that would have actually helped. I think we just need people commenting on his growth. Yeah, the only, the, the main reason why it doesn't necessarily feel like that is it, because they don't really address it, it feels more like, yes, he can do that because plot requires him to do that. Not so much that this is organic to the character, this is a writer having to cram in a specific instance in the series in in the series at a time that it's not really appropriate yeah in the fandom when this episode came out suddenly the conversation became who is the best gundam pilot kira amuro or shin and shin is not really ever in those conversations today but like for a moment here he seems really good and like you said i think just having like talia or atherin just comment on like how much better he's gotten would or be even nice. ray ray seems like the perfect character for that I molded my puppets perfectly. <laughs> or Luna Mario. Luna, yeah, well, and Luna, like, Mayron has, right? But Mayron is in a non, like, she's not an authority on that, so it's not as impactful. Yeah, she doesn't have any personal combat well, experience. Well, that's, that's so. what I was saying. Well, she does, but she's not a pilot, so, yeah. like, it's hard to comment on fighter tactics and whatnot if you're not a fighter pilot. And to be fair, Luna occasionally does go, like, whoa, cool. So... I also want to compare this, like we already have, but to the Atherin Kira fight, because it's so much a it rhymes moment, but this is one of the best ones because it feels like its own thing more, I think. No, uh, so. yeah, I agree with that. Um, it feels kind of like the same thing, but at the same time, it doesn't because this is going on, There's, but there isn't the same kind of level of tenseness where like, because Atherin killed Tall, which set Kira off. Diarca is down in front of the Archangel, creating another point of dramatic tension. Here, it's just the Archangel and Kira are running away. Yeah, well, and I think that's what Jeremy was getting at, is it's the same, but not. Yeah, and it's not as good, but it doesn't feel like it's a hollow repeat, like a lot of those moments have. Which I think is kind of impressive for it. Uh, That said, like, the Atherin Kira fight, I think, is... Maybe not better animated, but they make much better use of, like, dramatic still frames. So, like, every like every hit feels as brutal as Zach was mentioning. And as we've said, the original release of Gundam Seed, like, the one that aired, that whole fight was actually done in stills. Yeah, and I think that actually, like, makes it feel more impactful because, like, you're only focusing on the hits. And it's in a thunderstorm. Also that, like, yeah. That, the lightning that flashes. In, makes it feel a lot more intense than was it snowing or was it just a snowy area okay snow is just not a very like dramatic or tense modifier to an area it's dramatic but not tense it's it's other types of drama also we don't talk about this enough because i think the method by which we record it but the music in both seed and destiny is very very good but i think the music playing over that original atherin kira fight is a way better than what we get here which is kind of a military march and i get what they're going for kind of reinforcing the idea that the Minerva is following orders, and this is sort of a chain of command tragedy in a way, but that one is so personal and tense, and the music reflects it. All right, high point, Tyler? 
very specifically the bounce shot off the shield. I mean, that's a fair high <laughs> point. I just really like that shot a lot. Zach? I, I was thinking along the same lines, but personally, I might have to go with the way it's animated for the freedom sliding down the hill. Like, it's a short moment, but it's showing a lot of, like, additional attention to detail, especially when it flashes to Kira in the cockpit as he's sliding down it. Because we don't really see that happen all that often. And it's reinforcing the idea of this is a, you know, Kira being a really good pilot of him not only maintaining his footing, but also maintaining, you know, his composure more or less as he's going down there. I'm going to go with the moment at the end of the fight where Shin gets the sword through the freedom. Like, it's he gets the shield in the way, which adds a ton of tension to the penetration. And I think the gimmick of using the Excalibur weapons but not equipping the pack is good. Again, good improvisation from Shin. The, the problem is, I think this is actually a pretty solid episode on average. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there are, like, a lot of really good individual moments. Yeah. Low point, Tyler? I had a fairly generic one. I'm actually going to go with Maru not sorting any of the Murasames to help cover the retreat because, like, they were obviously getting overwhelmed and they probably could have used some additional firepower and those guys were definitely willing to provide it. Natara would have done it. <laughs> no, Natara would have said, let's do it, and Maru would have been, belay that order! <laughs> Maybe half of them? I don't know. Zach? The explosion at the end. <laughs> it is ridiculous and stupidly overdone. But Zach, if the freedom exploded, wouldn't it be a nuclear explosion? No. No. That's (laughs) That's not not, how that works. That's not how reactors work. But yeah, I I think that explosion is excessive. It's it's so ridiculously overdone as to be silly. So I really hate it, especially again, because like we're all sitting around here and like even when I watched this the first time, my first thought was not, oh no, Kira's dead. It was, okay, why did you have such a big explosion? We all know he's not dead. He's in the thumbnail for the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I didn't know that. What's your low point, Jeremy? I wish I could remember what my thoughts were when I saw this the first time, because I really don't remember. This is kind of a, like not even this episode low point, but we've talked a thousand times about how the pacing of Destiny is all off. And again, I'm reluctant to complain when it speeds up because of how slow it is and how much ground it has to cover. But boy, does this episode come out of nowhere. We've been talking about the tension building and setup that Seed would do all the time. And the last episode built a lot of tension, but not to this. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I felt like we needed some more things because, like, the crew of the Archangel was like, oh, no, what's going to happen? No one was like, are we in danger? Yeah, well, and the both sides said it. They're like, we don't know why Zaft is attacking us. And Dalian and Asrin were like, we don't know why we're attacking the Archangel. So that order came from headquarters. Is that just code for Durundle said, okay, shoot him? Like, Durundle had to have given that order, right? Yeah, and at then some it, level. Yeah, and then it trickled down somewhere. Yeah. I was going to say why. I mean, I think the answer is obvious, because he wants to remove them from his equations, because of the kind of the only wild card. But, like, why? Also? Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem extremely well justified to me. All right. I, we went on this for a while, but any final thoughts, Tyler? I do agree with you. It's a good episode, even though I don't think it's the best fight like I did. I still think it's like a top 10 Gundam fight. And I do like the fact that it gives Shin a chance to shine in a way that we haven't really seen him do before. Like, this is a lot of good stuff. This is Kira-ass shit. And I think it it is good to finally give Shin some of it so that it justifies a little bit the show's focusing on him. Ironically, I think the scale that Gundam Seed Destiny went to has actually hurt it in this case because of the fact that before in Gundam Seed, we saw Kira constantly up against four mobile suits, whereas Shin has been on the battlefield with hundreds. Yeah, yep. I, that's so the thing is, I keep bringing up, yeah. Yeah, so it's diluted the fact that, look how good of a pilot he is. It's just like, there are too many mobile suits on the field, and he's been on the field with, like, Atherin and Kira in certain cases, so it's really made it so that he hasn't really gotten the chance to show that he can do anything against, you know, mobile suits and not battleships. Backpedaling a moment, because I remember the other thing I wanted to talk about. It's kind of Final Thoughtsy, but... I think clearly Kira Yamato is the main character of Gundam Seed, right? Yep. You're not going to argue with me on that. And Atherin is clearly the number two most important character in Gundam Seed. He's the Deuterogonist. Yes. But number three is, like, such a toss-up. It is, yes. Um, Which I like about I it a lot, I think there's a lot of characters that slot into number three, and I think they're mostly the support characters for mm-hmm. Atherin and Kira. Yeah, because I was thinking maybe it's Flay. And uh, uh, I'm not really willing to argue that right now, but if you accept that for the sake of argument, I'm thinking about... Flay's father's death right now and how we really see her go through the five stages of grief and she goes through them in order which is not 
you know, five stages of grief are not an ordered thing. They are just five stages you go through. And I'm thinking about Shin right now and his grief over Stella and how we haven't really spent as much time with it. Like, we see him, you can argue maybe denial is him in the snow for that montage. And then he goes straight to anger. Yep. And he is kind of in bargaining right now in this, like, if I can destroy the freedom, then it will be okay. Or at least, like, I will feel like I have made a difference for it. Yeah, yeah. But like we keep saying, it's been two episodes. Yeah, and frankly, like, Shin is already always so angry all the time yeah. that, like... Well, that that makes sense for anger to be his. Like, you can do two things with that, right? Either anger is his go-to, or the contrast is he doesn't get angry at all. I don't know if I have any other final thoughts. Good episode. I think the fight is good. Freedom Gundam, I will miss you. Alas, you know, it wouldn't have been the same without that one wing anyway. And, like, <laughs> where are they going to get a replacement at this hour? So they're going back to Orb, where they fixed it the first time. They can just apparently conjure parts out of the ether tyler it turns out that it's actually a 3d printed mobile suit and that's its real superpower <laughs> i mean canonically the white base had basically a 3d printer huh. for replacement parts yeah no that's a good point actually but anyway that will do it for this week join us next week when we will watch phase 35 eve of chaos kira's in the thumbnail i wonder what it's definitely not a flashback actually it's not he's wearing a different shirt than i think we've <laughs> ever seen so <laughs> and, and kigali's in her current military I guess it could be a flashback to rape before he's already possible, but I don't even think they wait that long. So until then, we have to keep watching It Is Our Destiny.